You're listening to Inside Outside Innovation, Episode 34. Today's interview is with Laura Klein. She's the author of UX for Lean Startups and now her newest book, Build Better Products. Laura is also the principal at Users Know in San Francisco, and she's been part of Lean Startups since the very beginning, along with Eric Reese. She shares some advice for corporate innovators who may be struggling to create momentum in large enterprises, and she discusses some of the important changes she's witnessed in lean methodologies over the years. Hi there, everyone. I'm Vicki, producer of Inside Outside Innovation. This is the podcast that brings you the latest insights for people who know the most about building lean businesses, uh, innovating within corporations, and disrupting entire industries, all doing it with passion and precision. You can connect with our team on Twitter at The IO Podcast, and you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure that you stay up to date. Now, let's get started. Tell the audience a little bit about uh, yourself and how you kind of got into this uh, lean startup business in the first place. Well, I got into the lean startup uh, entirely by accident. Um, I worked at IMVU for Eric Reef. And so I got to see the company where it all started. And as they were sort of working out a lot of the, the, the principles of how it was going to work. And um, I joined there as a combination senior interaction designer slash software engineer. So I got to, to be in the engineering department and do design um, in this sort of proto-lean way. Uh, and I learned all about metrics and measurement and continuous deployment and learning fast. And um, I got to bring sort of my long background in uh, user experience design and uh, user-centered design that I got to bring along with me to, to help them learn things. And uh, it changed the way I build products, very, very frankly. I mean, it absolutely, I think, made me a much better designer uh, seeing all of that firsthand and, and learning about you know, metrics and feedback loops and continuous improvement. At the, at the early days, there, there weren't a lot of tools. There, weren't a, there wasn't a lot of guidance. Actually, that's one of the things I really liked about uh, your work early on when I was uh, setting up the Nmotion Startup Accelerator is uh, you know, Eric's had his book out and there was a lot of talk kind of uh, at the 50,000 foot level about what lean was, but um, you and, and several others put out some books that really talked a little bit about how you actually do this and the tactics around it. So what has kind of changed in the last five to six to seven years in this business? Oh, so much. <laughs> so my favorite <laughs> is when people ask me for things like what kind of testing platform, you know, has, was the best you've ever used and I'm like uh the one that Dusty wrote at Imview <laughs> like <laughs> I mean you know but we built our own and it was great and it did everything that that we needed it to do but there are so many more now um there are so many ways and just the understanding of sort of the need to measure things and you know the need to get feedback but like i said i've been doing user centered design for many many years and i would say about 10 years ago i started to really see a switch to where um previously you know we'd go out and we'd talk about getting insights from users and doing user research and we've been doing that for years and years and customers were what i don't I, why would we do that why would we go talk to users and you, you got a lot of pushback and then about 10 years ago that started to shift and people sort of started to understand that that was important and I think lean 
uh, Lean Startup specifically, really did an amazing job of uh, accelerating that. Now you go and talk to people and, you know, getting feedback from users at the companies that I talk to at least is sort of, of course we would do that. Why wouldn't we do that? Now help us do that. <laughs> so, right, right, um, right. but the, the biggest change that I've seen in Lean Startup is uh, how much in the last few years it's been applied to enterprise and to business transformations. And, um, you know, it started out with a, a bunch of startups, unsurprisingly. And uh, seeing it start to move into enterprise and looking at the really um, interesting and challenging problems that, that many of them face trying to transform entire, you know, hundreds of thousands of people and organizations to this way of thinking has been fascinating. Exactly. Yeah, you and I had a chance to spend some time in San Francisco a couple weeks ago at the Lean Startup Conference, and I, you know, I have been there a number of years, past four or five years, and uh, that that move from the startup realm to this corporate realm is is quite interesting. What are some of the things that you're seeing, and what, what specifically around the changes of how either startups are using it or how corporates are using it, and, and maybe the primary differences you're seeing between the two types of uh, folks? Well, I mean, it's just, it's so much easier to change a 50-person organization than it is to change a 200,000-person organization. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not even the same thing. They, you know, in a 50-person organization, you can have a meeting and just decide that we're going to start adopting these things. And, you know, you can get started <laughs> with at least pieces of it, right, within like days or weeks. You know, if you're starting a new company, a lot of new companies are really starting off with, no, 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 we're just doing this, you know, we're going to hit the ground, we're going to start with customer development, we're going to start with, you know, rapid iteration, rapid prototyping, and, you know, we're just going to set up everything so that it works this way. Larger companies just have this entirely different set of needs. Um, what's fascinating to me is I, I feel like last year, the conference theme was very much around sort of selling the idea of lean startup into organizations and you know, getting the sort of idea of innovation into organizations and convincing. And, you know, if you already believe this, how do you get your, your organization on board? And then this year, I feel like it was very much about, okay, so you've sold the idea. Here are some of the problems that you've probably run into over the last year. And here are some ways <laughs> yeah, to address that. Which is a very exactly. nice progression. I mean, and I, I think honestly, the, the first few years I, I've been to I, every single, I, I've been to every single one of these Lean Startup Conferences since it was called the Startup Lessons Learned Conference the first year. Um, and I feel like the first few were really very much about explaining what is this even, right? What, mm -hmm. what is this? How do you do it? Um, why would you do it? Uh, you know, here are some case, here are a few case studies for a few of the companies that have been doing this for, you know, a couple of years. Now we're really at the point where people have been practicing it for a while and we're starting to find some of the things that, that need changing for different types of organizations and um, a lot of really good case studies of, you know, people of all sizes trying to apply this to their organizations. Um, the other thing I would say is that it's really very much like we're very much it, it, it seems to be very much a, around the concept of innovation that mm -hmm. you're hearing a lot more about. You know, this is how you bring innovation to these large, these large corporations. And you didn't hear that as much in the early days, I think, because startups are, by definition, starting something new. On so curve. they're all on the horizon sort of three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're all they're all in the same place. They're all starting from scratch. So um, <laughs> you didn't you didn't have to really make that clear until the last few years. 
Are you seeing the corporations uh, adopting or using lean startup principles in different ways? Are you seeing them bringing different advantages than a startup does to this process? Well, I think it's the same advantage in that they, you know, can create new things and they can have more innovative organizations. But that said, it's very much, I mean, for a startup, a lot of times it's about, you know, just preventing yourself from driving off a cliff. Um, large organizations are, are really more about, I think, preventing obsolescence in the long run. Um, but the difference there is really just that large corporations have a long run. Startups don't <laughs> unless, they, you know, unless they figure things out pretty quickly. Right, exactly. So yeah, the speed of implementation is, is definitely a difference there. So going back to, you mentioned, you know, user research is becoming more common and, and people are having less of a challenge, I guess, finding budget for it. But having said that, it's still one of those things that I often talk to folks and it's still uh, like pulling teeth. Like it seems to be regulated to the back of the budget. Um, you know, like, why do we need to do this? How do we do this? So what are some of the best practices you, that you've seen for getting some buy-in uh, to kind of implement this specifically at the enterprise level? Right, right. Um, interestingly, uh, a lot of the larger, the, the, well, at least a lot of the very large corporations have always done some kind of user research. Um, may not be the kind that I necessarily think is the most effective, but um, a lot of you know the, the large companies do get some feedback from customers. Um, there are certainly some that, especially in the, the tech industry, where they just don't even bother. They only they only talk to their customers, never to their users. Um, but uh, if you're, if you're struggling with getting it implemented in your organization, there are a few things that people can do to get people more interested in it. Um, the most useful thing that you can do is just do some of it. Um, I often refer, I was, I was uh, talking to Steve Krug the other day, he wrote Don't Make Me Think, and um, we were talking about it, and we, were, we, were, we started talking about usability testing as, as a gateway drug. Um, because if you, because it's very simple, to, it's really very simple to do. Uh, yep. Doesn't take a lot of, doesn't take a lot of money. There are a lot of tools now that you can do it very quickly. Um, you can do it remotely sometimes. You know, just getting that little bit of feedback. And if you can just start with something simple like that, right? Then it's very easy to start to demonstrate the value of doing a little bit of getting a little bit of customer feedback. Right. If you can show that to people, then all of a sudden they get a little hooked and they're like, oh, I wonder what other kinds of feedback I could get from users. And so I've definitely seen just that if you can get that started and just start getting feedback um, from users in any way possible, that can help. Other than that, at very large organizations, it can be really tricky because sometimes they will throw up every kind of roadblock that you can imagine. Oh, you can't talk to the users. Oh, you can't have lists. Oh, you're not allowed to do this. Oh, you're not allowed to do that. Um, you need to just sort of find a way to do even the smallest thing possible to start to get feedback and start to show that value. Um, also, involving other people in the process can really help. But one thing that I often tell user researchers at very large companies who are sort of banging their heads against the wall trying to, to get their jobs done is there will be organizations that are so resistant to this that you, as an individual contributor, are basically putting your job at risk trying to, <laughs> right. to do this. And I never, I never advocate for that. Like I, I never say, go out and do it even if you get fired. I, you know, if, if you're going to do that, I would honestly just leave and go someplace that likes doing user <laughs> research because I, I think that in the end, they will be more successful. <laughs> but uh, yeah, showing that value. Um, Tomer Sharon wrote a good book uh, called It's Our Research. 
about sort of getting, I don't even want to call it buy-in because it's not buy-in, it's participation from the right. rest of the organization in doing these kinds of research methodologies. Mm-hmm. So I want to sh- uh, shift gears a little bit. The, the new one that's coming out, I believe is called Build Better Products, correct? Yes, Build Better Products. All that's right. the new one. So I want to dive into that. Uh, so, I, you know, obviously I think it's coming out here soon. So can you give our audience a sneak preview of uh, what is in the book and why they should add it to their library? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Build Better Products is, I like to think of it as a sort of handbook or, or workbook even for teams that are building products. And it is all about how to really build user-centered but successful data-informed products in this very modern way as part of a collaborative cross-functional team. And um, it has um, exercises and templates and all sorts of things. So it's, it's not one of these books that is, that's at a very high level that just explains, here is, here is a concept that you need to go out and figure out on your own. It is very practical. Uh, it has love it. all sorts of like very specific, okay, here's a template and here's an exercise that you can run with your team right now in order to, for example, find the correct user research methodology for the question that you want answered. Or here is a template for tracking your progress and measuring your metrics. There is, um, it is published, uh, it just came out a little while ago. Um, there is a sample chapter that was just put out today um, at UX Matters. So if you want to read about you want to read the sample chapter on how to measure better, um, you can check that out there. Uh, and, you know, I publish occasional things about it, um, you know, at the Rosenfeld Media blog and also on my blog, Users Know. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to diving into it, and I think our, our audience uh, will as well. So if uh, folks want to get in touch with you uh, to find out more, uh, read your blogs, et cetera, like that, what are some of the best ways to do so? best way to do it is to go to usersknow.com. Uh, you can reach out to me. There's a contact form on there. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter, at Laura Klein, or send me an email at laura at usersknow.com. I'm, I, do, I do answer all emails eventually. <laughs> Don't we all? I appreciate that. So, Laura, thank you again for being on Inside Outside Innovation. Uh, again, uh, I'm very honored because uh, you've been a mentor of mine for a long time. So I appreciate you coming on the show, and we look forward to uh, the, the book and look forward to uh, all the new things that are happening in the world of innovation. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. That finishes up another episode of Inside Outside Innovation. Big thank you to Laura Klein for being our guest this week. We'd love to connect with you through Twitter at the IO Podcast, and we encourage you to leave a review on iTunes. If you've got a topic or area you'd like us to dig into, let us know because we'd love to share our insights and invite other experts like Laura onto the show who can help you build, measure, and learn. Until next time, go out and innovate.